Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. I just wanted to give you guys a quick update that the podcast you're about to listen to was recorded live at our uh, Women's Life Athlete Retreat, and we apologize ahead of time because some of the sound quality is not the best, especially with the questions from some of the ladies in the room. We had approximately 15 women in one room, and the sound didn't turn out quite like we wanted it to, but hopefully you'll get some great information at least out of the answers and the conversation. Enjoy listening. Thanks, and have a great day. And we're live. Okay, so we are doing our first live show. Our first live show. Right, we're in Madison Square Garden. That's Brandy. <laughs> That's Brandy. You're, you're Tina, so I forget. We didn't switch up yet. All right, and we have a room full of our wonderful, amazing friends. women's life athlete retreat um, tribe. <laughs> it's been um, an incredible weekend. Um, I have felt like the whole thing, it's all very powerful. I will say, I do think. This is probably our best one yet. Mm-hmm. Every every year for the last three years, we've always had an amazing group of women. The, the women, and since mo- many of you have been here before, hopefully some of you will come back um, again. But yeah, I think that just format-wise, I think information-wise, I think you got and sharing. I mean, you guys have been absolutely amazing. It's been a pretty cool weekend. So um, as promised, so now we're going to do our sort of Competing good, bad, and ugly, or competing QO, Q, QOA? QOA. QOA. Otherwise, we're with us. Q and A. Yep. Um, and yeah, so this is you. This is y'all. Your, this is y'all. This is y'all's podcast. And people's um, podcast. <laughs> this is Yen's podcast. And uh, so we want you guys to like ask questions about anything you're burning, questions you have about competing, and then we want our you know competitor people who have competed before or in the process of getting ready to get on stage for the first time. So we already decided we were gonna make Amory talk and, you know, everybody who's kind of like close to getting on stage. Um, so yeah, so does anybody have any questions to kind of kick things off? Because I know you guys did yesterday. Nothing is too small, too stupid, too soon, just whatever you want to ask. Go ahead. Let's start with um, oh. the pros and cons for those who have Um, anybody want to share a pro and a con? Those who have competed? Chris, go. <laughs> I, I know you're always pros and cons. Pros. I mean, it's an adventure. I feel like you really start to find, you know, what separates you from other people. It's really can be very challenging from time to time, um, but I do feel like I've learned so much about myself during the process of competing that I wouldn't ever change it. Um, and let's just be honest, getting on stage is awesome. Like, I love being on stage. I love the spray tan. I love the smell of the spray tan. <laughs> and I love that I can't pee. Like, a normal person do it at Dixie Cup. There's a lot of cons. I think that it is a very selfish endeavor. Um, you know, everybody in your life, like your immediate family, I feel like really has to be on board and supportive and commit to supporting you. Um, the biggest con for me personally is post-competition blues. Um, that is, I, I can prep. I can have my blinders on and live for, you know, however many weeks I need to prep for. Um, but the second you step off the stage, it's like having a baby. You know, you've devoted every waking moment of your life to 
your competition prep and what you're going to do and how the day is going to go. And then it comes and then it's over. Um, and then it's done. Mm -hmm. And then you have to figure out how to live with the common person again. Um, and it's, it, for me, it's just, that's the hardest part. That's what keeps me, you know, going back to the stage right at this moment. I would say, and I actually want other people that have competed to add on to that, but I would say that to Chris's point, as both a coach and having competed as an athlete for years in the sport, that is 100% the hardest part of the entire process. And, and every competitor who's not yet stepped on stage will look at me like my, my athletes that are getting ready to look at me like I'm crazy because you're in the throes of getting ready. You're like, no, I'm hungry and I'm tired and I'm cold. This is the worst, right? Like I'm restricted and I'm hungry and tired. But this is the worst. No, absolutely not. The hardest part is to come out of that restriction and to allow yourself to not just get back to normal eating or normal life or whatever your new normal is going to be just like after having a baby. It is no, it's not the used to be normal. It's a new normal. Um, and, and watching your physique change back to a normal physique. Um, so there's so, so, so much that goes into that. I 100% believe that um, the post- the postpartum show stuff is the hardest. But Gina, would you, would you be willing to share yes. your experience? Because I know that you... Yes, you were actually the first person who told me when I came to Frozen, you were the first person who told me reverse dieting is harder. And I was like, she's crazy. And it totally has been. Both of my reverses have kind of... I was saying yesterday how I they always fall near the holidays, and that's where I change admittedly like yeah i have not nailed a reverse yet so that's a goal but it is it's way harder than prep. Uh, i said i will prep all day but reverse it <laughs> took me six years of competing to nail a reverse mm -hmm. it was in my seventh year of competing that i nailed the reverse and that was the one thing i hadn't mastered in my entire career and when i nailed the reverse i said i'm done because that was the one thing I had not been able to learn in this, in that entire thing. I had mastered every other piece of it, and I needed to be able to do that. So what do you mean by nail the reverse? Mentally, so and I think it all was based on the fact that that was also the best prep I had ever had. It was the first time I flexible dieted prep, so I never felt. So remember, I would also had six years of bro preps. I had six years of like binge purge cycles and up and down. I had six years of fucking hell right Com competing wise and I had, a, I had an amazing prep I felt good the entire prep I never felt deprived and it, it really did come down to mindset and the, you know not feeling deprived because of the food and things like that um so that helped so when I you know it was the first time I didn't go to the show with a suitcase full of junk food um and a pantry full of junk food so that I could immediately binge on everything I hadn't had in in the six months I was and this was a six month prep it was a very long prep and then, um, so I, that was, that was one piece of it. And then afterwards, I, I just, I didn't feel deprived. So I didn't feel the need to go and have all the cookies. I had a cookie, but I didn't need the giant BJ size bin of cookies, right? Because that, it was just not necessary. Um, so yes, I had treats after the show, but I did not feel necessary to, to go overboard because I never felt deprived. And I had also gotten to the point in my seven years of competing that, it felt like shit to feel like shit. Like I was like, you come off the shell and you're, you feel bloated, you know, you eat all that food, you feel bloated, you feel gross. And I, I was just at a point in my life, I was like, I don't want to feel bloated and gross, right? So I kind of, I recognized that from previous preps and then 
you know, and then I, I was just able to stay on my reverse. So that's what I mean by nailed the reverse. I actually followed my reverse diet and I, I didn't feel crazy. I didn't feel weird. I was okay with where my body was, you know, all of those things. So mentally and physically, I nailed it. That's what I meant. Do you, for those of you who have competed, do you have, you know, people are like, wow, oh, you look really good. You look amazing. And then after, mm -hmm. go back to your normal life. Oh, I see your, oh, I see you're taking your weight back. Well, gee, thanks for noticing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, mine is, as I'm, well, okay, I haven't competed in like a bajillion years, but um, dieting down to that point where people are like, oh, don't, don't lose any more weight. Yeah. And so and I think for me, because there's this expectation that I should care, you know, keep this curvy body, which I, I love just fine. Um, but it's just, you know, we're, we're going for a different goal there. So there's more of that. Like, I didn't ask you. <laughs> you know, every time I go back to the gym, post, post show, I, you know, as I would get fluffier, because I was binging, so I got fluffy real fast, right? Um, you know, it wasn't uncommon for me to put on 20 pounds in, in a matter of three, four weeks. And on a 411 frame, I go, yeah, because you're like, oh, well, people saw me look perfect and now I'm not I don't look like a competitor so now you know people are going to think this about me so this goes to the, the negative the thought stuff that we talked about that Raymond talked about we talked about yesterday most fucking people don't care what the fuck I look like like they're not like the, the, contrary to popular belief I do not actually think the world revolves around me but but you know but you do you're like everybody's looking at me like like oh she let herself go that's just not, that's just not I, you've been dying to ask something stage to normal life because of all of those things and left your own devices there's plenty of people who say well I'm just not gonna eat because I don't want to gain the weight I've had plenty of people say I want to keep my stage I want my stage busy forever yeah that's not a real thing so you know part of it is the psychology behind it as an athlete and preparing the athlete ahead of time as we do to say these are the things that are going to happen this is going to be our plan after we talk about our plan after well before we're there um, and, and also setting additional goals. I personally <clears throat> like to shift clients a couple weeks before the show and start introducing like, what's going to be your post-show goal? And not just, okay, well now you're just focusing on your reverse. Well, no, it's a good time to introduce, if you wanna run a 5K, if you wanna, you know, so that you can shift that energy that you might put right into, what do I look like, I'm gaining weight, I need to start, whatever, into, you've now done this enormous athletic endeavor Let's shift, you're still on the same athletic path. It's just, let's shift it into a different sport. And it's really just psychology and as an athlete, being aware and getting all the information and also being willing to stick with the plan, even when your head is telling you otherwise. And we, at, that's what the benefit of, I know, of having us as coaches, and there are plenty of other really good coaches out there that do this too, and there are plenty who do not, right? That it's like, oh, your show's over, you're... I have posing clients that come in and tell me their coaches are like, just eat whatever you want after the show. 
what in the actual fuck are you talking about, right? It's like, that's the worst possible advice. It's like, oh, take a week off from the gym and eat whatever you want, which I will tell you, I did for six years. It doesn't fucking work, right? Um, so, you know, when, when we're working with, like Brandy said, like I, we attempt to prepare you way ahead of time for what's going to happen. And even as much as we tell you what's going to happen, until you're in it, you don't, you can't, you don't, you don't know what that's going to feel like. You're like, oh yeah, I got this. I, I have plenty of clients that were so on point in their preps that I'm like, oh, they're not going to have any problem post-show. And, and they will even tell you, no, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to, I'm going to be good. And then that post-show hits and it's like, and usually the first week is actually okay. Sometimes it's into work, work week three and four because a little bit of this has come in and a little bit of that's when you're like, well, now I have a little bit of freedom. Oh, let me have a little bit more freedom. And then you, then you go, Wow! Right, and it's like um, so. So it's I focus a lot on recovery, both from a physical and mental perspective, right? Because there's this whole you're very slowly coming down, 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 down in body fat, hormones, all this stuff is happening. You get on stage, and then we have to very slowly have all of that come back up, right? Including your body fat, your your you know hormones. We have got to get your hormones back on track, so. There's a whole science behind getting somebody recovered, right? So the reverse is, I, I talk more about recovery, reverse, maintenance, growth. Like if I have somebody like going through the whole process with me. So recovery is first and foremost, because I need you to feel better. I need you to not be hungry all the time. I need you to not be cold all the time. I need you to not be food focused all the time. I need you to be sleeping. I need you to be pooping. I need you to be, you know, those things are the most important things, and then it's all the you know all the other stuff. So. Well, this is your first. This was your first. It was my. It was my first show, so it was my first reverse, and even now I would still do it differently. Um, something that I struggled or developed, I guess, during prep was I was extremely food focused. Mm -hmm. Um, you should have seen my freezer <laughs> because mm -hmm. anywhere we went, if there was like a cupcake or like cookies at the hotel room for my show that I couldn't have, I was taking that stuff home <laughs> and I was putting it in my freezer. Endeavor already scheduled, and some it would be something 
that would be relatively minor for me, which would be like a 5K. I can go two or three miles, no big deal. That way I know that I have another set goal that I still need to eat to perform for. Mm -hmm. um, because that is what keeps me knowing that I need to have those healthy whole foods so that I can perform. Um, because without having that goal this time around, we even, Katie and I took a trip to Georgia, I want to say like a week or two after my show, and I did absolutely overeat because I was, I was done, I wasn't bringing my scale, I wasn't packing my food, Freedom. Like, I'm free, Brandy's telling me to get back to normal life, which I also didn't know that normal life is different mm -hmm. from your life before, mm -hmm. yeah. because you need to continue to eat like an athlete or you're, you're going to gain a lot of weight back because of the way that your hormones are and the process that you've just been through. So it's going to be different coming back. Um, I just one thing to your point, And so, so that you guys all understand this before you start scheduling those uh, all inclusive vacations because of how hot you're going to look immediately after the show. Every client I have, give yourself a minimum of six weeks post-show. You're usually through the woods after in, in a six to eight week period. It's very tempting to be like, I've been restricted for five months. My husband's that we're gonna go on the big all-inclusive cruise, right? Right, I'm leaving the day after my show. I'm like, no, don't do that. Um, because it is the worst possible idea. Um, so you're usually if through most of the woods depending on how well you kind of stay on your plan, four to six weeks, you've usually got the, you know, the, the mindsets a little bit, you're recovered. You're, you should be recovered in four to six weeks enough that you're not going to be like hog wild, you know, wherever, just don't go on a vacation. And I have a client who just told me, yeah, we're going to go to Disney the day after the show. And I was like, oh, Especially if it's your first one. Mm -hmm. Like it's one thing if you've done like six reverses. Right, if you understand it. You've been through it, you kind of know like what your tendencies are, like what you're going to struggle with afterwards. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was my first one and I didn't, like I consider myself a pretty mentally strong person. I had just gone through this, you know, massive restriction. I was like, this. Like, mm -hmm. I got both, like the reverse was what I was looking forward to. Yeah. Because that's when I can make some gains as far as muscle growth. I was like, I got plans, and then, but your hormones say otherwise. Yeah. Say otherwise. So it becomes a you know from a from a scientific perspective, it becomes and when I say like an out of body experience, right? Like it's it's not like oh Kelly just doesn't have any self control, right? There are actual hormonal responses happening that even though I just ate a big meal. I'm still hungry, still. right? That's because the ghrelin and the leptin are, are imbalanced, right? And so no matter how much, because you still don't have a lot of body fat and those hormones are regulated by your body fat cells. So, you know, it takes a while for those things to, to even out. Um, you know, your sex hormones are out of whack too. So all of that adds up to what I call out-of-body experience because it's not like, oh, I don't, I don't have any self-control. It really does become, it's a hormonal control thing. So... And understanding those things, you can maybe, again, like, kind of, like, stop that thought pattern, like, okay, I just ate a meal. I am completely satisfied. My hormones are out of whack. That's what's telling me I'm hungry right now. Um, but you have to be able to, to do those things. And, it, you know, people are like, oh, I just don't have any self-control. I mean, there really is a biological response that happens. Yeah. Yep. So, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. Yes, please. Ask about 
the day of competition. Mm -hmm. What does that day look like from beginning to
whatever you get, you get the sugar from that Kit Kat, whatever you prefer. Go through your veins, your body, you feel like a hawk. Trust me, you know how to do it because we've been doing it for months. 
Um, so there will be no surprises. Um, and then it's also the time to, you know, you're going to get your nails and toes done by Thursday. Um, if you're going to get a massage, get it by Wednesday, right? Like these are, these are things that, you know, give you guys guidance on, um, you know, waxing, you need to get that like ahead of time. And especially if you've never had a wax before, you want to make sure that, you know, this is not the first time you get waxed. Um, so those are, these are all the little details that kind of happen during the peak week, Friday before a show, you know, the Friday before a show, which is part of the peak week. So that's all the diet and the training and nutrition. Things are very sort of laid out for you. Um, let's talk about the hair, body hair. Oh, so, 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 right. So as far as body hair goes, every person, I don't care how hairy or non-hairy you are, has to shave, wax, the What's the that sounds, that sounds right. The body, yeah. the, 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 remove all your body right. hair. <laughs> right? That includes little baby fuzzy arm hairs on your, the little ones on your butt. Everybody's got little baby hairs on your butt because the more the the you want to have um, contact with your skin for the tan and not the hair because if you have little baby hairs, the tan tends to stick to the hairs, not the skin, and it it could look blotchy. It doesn't look as good. Um, so yeah, so there is a process. So if you're a really hairy person, like you might want to start the shaving process way ahead of time. The hair does not grow back thicker on your arms. Uh, although I hate hair on my arms. I've been shaving my arms since my first competition. And I've never stopped, right? So I, I just don't have hair on my arms anymore. I mean, I might, it grows back and I shave it off. Um, but yeah, so you're going to kind of get all the hair off of your body. Um, the tan on Friday. Um, is usually your first coat of tan, and again, it depends. So, like darker complected people don't need as many coats of tan, right? So, somebody like me, I need like five coats of tan to get on stage. Um, darker complected, everybody ends up the same color on stage. Well, yes. they're not required, but if you don't do it with the tanner, then you see. What is that point of this? It, yeah, look normal on stage. It's to show, so it's to accentuate your, your muscles. You know, like if you're tan, your muscles always, you know, pop a little bit more. So you're standing under very, very harsh stage lights. And so if I were to get on stage under very, very harsh stage lights, like I'm going to just be washed out, like, you know, blonde hair, white skin, like all that. So you get very, very tan in order. And, you know, and for darker complected women, because um, I've, I've seen plenty of African-Americans get on stage and not do a tan. The problem is your these um, the stage tanning products are designed to even out your skin tone um, under stage lights. Like they are actually designed with the chemicals in them to do this. And you could get on stage and look green or ashy, you know what I mean? Like depending on your skin tone under the stage lights, it may not, you know, show off. That's why everybody has to get a tan. But also the, the tan company that each show has... A spray tanner. Spray
Well, one thing about the waxing, yeah, make sure that you get it done, like, I would say at least a week to 10 days ahead of time, because I did mine, like, maybe two days before the tan, the last one, or the first one, and I had, like, it looked like a butterfly right here, uh -huh. so I guess I kind of, like, laid like this, so all of that had been tanned was gone, and it just, and, well, I'm not going to say anything else, but I got yelled at by the tanner, so, you yeah. know, when I get yelled at by Was the it tanner, you that? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when it's gonna happen, when I'm feeling sick, I know this is something I want to do. Oh my god, I mean later um the hair roll. Oh wow, you're playing with it. Yeah, she was. Yeah, you're ready. Woo! Yeah. Good. Yeah, and not that I've ever I mean I've done waxing in the hair profession, not ever for anyone who's competed, but I know sometimes you know you have people you know that you can and a lot of people break out. Yeah, yes. that's why you got to test that out so, far in advance. Yeah. Like if you've never waxed, I actually suggest testing it out months ahead of time, yeah. see how you react, and then plan for waxing like a week, you know, a good week before the show. Um, but yeah, the, the sleeping arrangement, most of the, the really good tanners, like my very best friend, Yvette, with Body Beautiful Bronzing, oh, wow. she's the most amazing. She's my height, low African-American woman, and she will kick your ass oh, if you fuck up her tan. Yeah. So, <laughs> so she's very particular about her tan, but she's amazing. She's the best tanner out there. So, um, but she'll tell you. She'll tell you, you know, she even provides products if you want to buy it from her. But basically, you want to kind of sleep in long sleeves and long pants because skin-on-skin -skin contact is bad, right? So sleeping like this or like this, right? And you end up in the morning and you've got, like, handprint here and handprint here and, a, and, a, and an ankle print here. So you want to kind of keep yourself um, at, you know, but they'll touch it up the next day if it happens. Not a big deal. So I actually have my, I, I still use them for when I go and get a spray tan. Not to spray tan, but um, yes, this mixed girl gets spray tan. <laughs> um, and it's, so they're like silky pajamas that are like the button-up kind mm -hmm. um, and super loose in the waist so I can roll them so that they're not um, elastic. The elastic on the tan is not a good idea, yeah. yeah. I'm all straight. I just always use like a really big, um, like a, a button-down shirt, you know, just because I don't cheat. You know, yeah, I bought, like a, I bought like a cotton set off of Amazon. It's like a button. It's important that it buttons up in yeah. the front. Yeah. Um, and... For me, I mean, everybody knows that the tan was the worst part for me because you're already cold and mm. it just makes you so cold. And I got my tan done pretty late at night. So by the time I got back, I think I said hi to my parents and then I was like, I'm going to bed. But I'm, I was so cold. Like once I put my sheets on the bed, I, I had my pajamas on. Like I didn't want to put a blanket on because I didn't want my tan to get all over the sheet, so I would bring a blanket yeah, next yeah. time for myself. And then, if you're staying at a hotel. Yeah. yeah, so I'm not really sure what I would do next time because I had to get up and turn the heat up in in the hotel room because I'm just chilled to the bone. But you also want to be careful not to sweat, right? So That was my Was I woke up the next morning and my tan was fucked because I had sweat. It wasn't because I touched myself. I was wearing the long sleeves, long pants, but my tan was horrible the next morning. But they were able to fix it. It looked, it looked fine by the time we got on the stage. And I didn't stress about it because it is what it is. At that point, you go and you get your touch-up tan and, and there it is. And they fix you up. I mean, yeah, they get mad. <laughs> <laughs> the, tan, the tanning process, just so you know, you, you are not 
in an individual tent by yourself. You are butterball in a line of about six tents, usually men and women. Although they tend to separate the men and women, so you're not butterball next to each other. But you're gonna, you're kind of, and then when you're drying, you're standing in front of a pan naked, like, hey, go hey, right? Like, okay, you know, it's like, you know, so. Yeah. Bending over a little yeah. bit to get the Yeah, you gotta uh, get all up in the butt, butt you know, the butt cheeks and you know, all that stuff. So that's kind of what the candy process is. Like. It's very cold. It's and very cold. No one tells you. Yeah. It's, it's freezing. Did you have a question? No, we want the question. So we talked about the PC, we talked about the data. Now you mentioned, like, oh, we need the closing while in advance. I mentioned, I heard last night you were talking about T walk. And I know there's different. So how do you determine, like, you're in the line on the stage and there's like 10 of you on stage and the judges are taking you through your turns and all of that stuff. That's the, that's the judging part. Right. That's what you mostly see in like videos and stuff online. Way back in the day, we always did a 60 second T-walk, stage walk. Every bikini figure competitor got that. Every bodybuilder got a 60 second like actual routine. So everybody got a chance. And it used to be judged. It used to be part of your presentation score. In some federations, it still is. There are some federations where there is a T-walk and it's actually part of, so when you have the group comparisons, but then the T-walk is part of your presentation. And it's all overall. And it's overall scored, and then you end up getting placement. No, no, it all calculates into one placement. Um, in a lot of the federations now, and even within a federation, there are different rules depending on how big the show is. So some of the larger shows, like the OCB shows, um, some of them, the T-Walk is optional. It's not, not judged anymore. Um, some of them, you don't even have to do it at all if you don't want to. Some of them are limited to what we call an I-Walk, which is basically you kind of go to the center of the stage, you do a couple poses, and you hike off to so keep it shorter so the shows don't go on forever. Um, some of them still have a full, you can do up to 60 seconds. You can bring your own music. You can choreograph a routine, but it is show dependent. So it's so not determined what show. Once you determine what show, then we'll know, right? Do you get to bring your own music? Can we choreograph some fun? Or are you just going to be house music and do the basics? And, and now, when you, like you said, like, by like, this point, you became during your church, like, like, as soon as you start prep, you're buying meals and you're walking in there? Yes. Yes. Um, and yes. Okay. Vicky. I know for me, um, I know Tina, like, pretty much all that you need to know, but I found out, like, for the OCD, not the OCD, I guess, and I got on the OCD website and I looked it up and you can read all the rules and regulations. Yeah, once you choose your show, then we'll know for sure what it is that we need to specifically do for you, for that federation, for that show. Yep. Yep. And then you draw the timeline. Mm, usually we draw the timeline and then pick a show date. 
cutting and he, or maybe it was one or two times and you saw the way I was leaning, I cleaned out very quickly. And I don't know, we were playing around with poses and I could tell, I could tell you were like, I wasn't quite getting up at your poses and I could tell, I mean, you were like, it's normal, you know, it's normal, but I could tell it wasn't. So, um, I think it was like at my check-in. Oh, I emailed you 24 hours after that oh, session and like, I was like, I gotta, I was I like, it just, something? it didn't sit right with me. Nothing right. felt right. I was like, yep. And it was this long email and you're like, I, I just want to broach this video and see if I can. And I was like, oh, yeah, we can switch to DP, no problem. Like I, it was like, I actually didn't care. Not, not that I didn't care, but it was like, it either would have been fine. Um, and and uh, so we're doing bikini now. But you came back within a week, so it was, so for me, oh, just real quick, sorry. it was excruciating. I, I sat on it for like 24 hours. I was like, I can't, I was like, this isn't working. It's not, but it's just not the right fit for her. And I was like, she's gonna hate me, but I gotta suggest it, right? I was like, so I, again, the long email, I'm so sorry, and I know you said, and you know, cause I don't do anything that's not worthy, I apologize. And, <laughs> and she, and she immediately, her response back was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And I was like, oh, thank you, baby Jesus. And I was like, so I said, come in immediately. She literally came in within the next couple of days. I was like, posing on me, I just need to, to set you up with the key posing, let's see how it looks. It was natural, it flowed, it fit her body, and I was like, yes, and then she got in touch with the suit designer, and Kira was like, sure, we'll convert it to a, you know, we'll do a bikini instead of a figure suit, and so yeah, so it it worked out, but yeah, you were one that we were on the figure path, and we switched it about two months out from your show, basically. Yeah, Prima. Um, I just wanted to comment on the personality piece versus the muscle piece, um, and just to, to honor that the women who choose to compete in bikini are still bodybuilders. Absolutely. And that you still that you still have muscle, you still have this, um, these amazing shoulders and your back that I just like, I'm just, like, I'm going to pet you. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, so I just, I just wanted to, to call that out. Yes. Like, um, it's, oh, just, it it's just a category that you compete in. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I actually yes. did. I was like, can I touch your shoulders? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did pet those. Yeah. But I know, I know her. Like, Brandy and I will get online, we're on video chat, clients usually, in, or they might be online with us if they're not local, they come into the studio, we, unless somebody is a very, very, very clear physique, right, then we, we play, we'll play with both. I mean, Gina, God, look, I mean, you guys are looking at Gina, right? I just want to make sure you understand how muscular she is, since people on the podcast can't see it. She walks into my studio for her first posing session, and she's like, yeah, I'm doing bikini. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I don't play. Yeah. Um, so, Gina, how did you come to that decision? Yeah. Why did you think you were going to do bikini? Uh, <laughs> because everyone always says that you don't, that you don't know how lean you're going to get down to. So, they were like, well, we'll start cutting you down. In my, in yeah, but you're not going to lose your muscle <laughs> shape and size. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And I was like, up until that point, I was like, crying all the time because I was like, I just can't fit into a bikini. Like, I don't want to wear a bikini. So like, yes. And there's a, re there's a very distinct reason why. It's because I'm not a bikini girl. And <laughs> that is a great reason. And I'm pretty sure I probably still have those pictures we took. I was like, oh, we did. We did the same thing. I said, okay, we'll do bikini poses, right? But let's also do figure poses. And I, of course, I get like 
I, the finger pose, and I was like fucking stoked. I did the bikini just to humor her. But I was like, I said, go back and talk to your coach because you know Gina has a, a her own competition coach who's came to me for posing. Go talk to your coach. Let me know what you decide. And then when you came back, you were like, yeah, let's work. We're gonna do finger. I was like, I want to call it um, car on that one too, where like, like we all just thought of you as you know doing women's physique, like. Like you're so beefy. Like I mean, my like my my ten year old. Like I have this picture of a um, a powerlifting or like a deadlifting Wonder Woman, and she when she was like six, she was like, um, "Is that Miss Cara?" I'm like, "Yes, yes, it is." Like that's how that's like the perception of her. And then, but when um, she got her pro card in figure, and like, oh, you did it, and they competed in, competed in figure, and like slayed. Yeah, and so like. It, it, it's so weird, and even like, like if I hadn't seen you compete, I would have thought that you would have maybe done physique. Yeah. Um, but I, but I saw you as a figure athlete, and like, I mean, really competitive yes, as a, as a figure. Incredibly beautiful right? figure physique. Yeah. So it's just yeah, it's yeah, true. absolutely. She had I, honestly, if I were to say perfect figure physique, yeah. it's yours, shape wise, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, with a hair more conditioning, nobody touches. So, how did your coach take that news then? Um, she was, um, and when first, your coach, coach was like, You're wrong, she's gonna take it. <laughs> yeah, no, she was super, she was like, Okay, with it. She was like, Well, I'm not sure because your shoulders aren't big enough. What? Um, really? <laughs> well, they have grown a lot. Yeah. Okay. They have grown a lot. From her first show. Yeah, okay. from her very first show. Yes. But she was like, well, I don't know. And that's something that you had said. And you were like, the points you would lose for not having as capped shoulders as you would need to be competitive is not even comparable to the number of points you would lose if you were in the right. wrong category right. altogether. And she understood that. And then from the minute I switched over, the prep was infinitely better. Yeah, because I was like, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you're judging. Yep. Uh, uh, like, 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 so how do we really determine like who wins whatever they want? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. So Rayma and Kara are both I I do too, but I'm gonna let the two of them tell you what judging is. What fair is fair? Life's not fair. Yeah. No. I said rephrase it. I know. Yes. Rayma, do you want to? So the um each category and within each organization has their standard, and so as judges we get like this is what it's supposed to look like. Um, those actually there should be pictures posted on the respective organization websites that show you what the optimal physique looks like. Um, on show day. We may have someone who stands out, but when you're judging the amateurs, typically what happens is this person has this attribute, but is missing this one. This person has this other attribute, but is missing this one. And it, then it's like, which one is the priority? And that's where it gets funky, where there seems to be inconsistency with the judging. It's which thing to us then makes it look like that person best represents the overall criteria. And you have little support but understanding yes. that it's subjective, right? So what Rayma thinks is this thing and this thing, Kara might think is this thing and this thing, right? And so, yeah. So not, it, it typically not from like your, like, 
your, your top end. So we might be like, you know, she, she has number one, you know, number what we have number one or two switch. Um, and we might have number seven and eight switch, but we don't typically find that there's a lot of variance within that. Like your, your top tier, middle tier, bottom tier, like within the judging, but there's not. Right, so there's the first part of the show is people's judging here. Then the evening show or the later show, it's when the awards. Yeah. Now, in between there, are the judges getting together and no, there's a, the judges fill out placements, and it's, so you have a score sheet, right? And so you have every competitor, and you place every competitor. So if there's 10 competitors on stage, every judge, five to seven, it's always an odd number. Every judge goes, I think this one's first, second, third, fourth, all the way through 10th. And then the tabulator takes that, and you add those up. So basically, whoever, and they usually take out the highest and lowest score to take out any bias. So if you have five judges, you end up with three scores. If you have seven judges, you actually end up with five scores. They add that up, and whoever has the lowest becomes, right, so that meant that person had the most ones, like, all across the board, so you ended up with, like, you know, three points, and the next person had six, so that, that becomes your first, second, third, fourth, and so on. And we don't talk about our scores to yeah. after we've already been submitted. So there's not, yeah. There's, there is no conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, you will. Well, if well, you don't place so in the top five, five, you won't. Yeah. 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 You don't, well, yeah, you don't get called back onto awards, right? Well, and during, I'm sorry. No, it's okay, go ahead. No, no, during okay. judging, so during the judging portion, there, if there are like 15 girls in a class, that's too many to be judged all at once. So that's where they'll call out in groups of five to judge them in groups of five, usually. The NPC does that across the board, no matter how, you know, the NPC will always do, however many people are on stage, call them out in groups of five. As soon as that group of five is gone, they're done. Um, in a federation like the OCB, depending on how many people are lined up on stage, how big the stage is, and if the judges can actually see, you know, that many people at once, they will do the same thing. Like, they'll kind of, like, bring up this five, and then they'll bring up this five, and then they'll bring different bodies in to look at them together. That's all the judging. They do an intermission after all that, so they can tabulate scores. So now judging's over. Like, it's done, your place, you know, nothing, you know, the rest of the show is for fun, then you do stage walks and routines. Everybody gets to do that if they want to. And then they do the awards, only the top five come out for awards. And that can be tough. So there could be a class of six people and you're gonna five go back yeah. on stage. Yeah. Yeah. So I And that's yeah. okay. Same judging criteria. 
you're just only looking at three people versus the you know different classes. Yeah. So another comment about the actual judging piece is that um, there is that element of it depends on who shows up that day. Yep. So if you're looking at the stage and all the bikini athletes are really hard and somebody comes in softer, then that person seems like the odd person out, you know, when you're kind of comparing everybody to each other. Um, also, you can have somebody who comes in, you know, too hard versus too soft. That gets into like, you know, is the, which one then would be the, the, the first or second, theoretically based on the judging criteria. Um, and I think probably the most problematic with bikini, um, may, maybe figure, but it seems like, um, really for a bikini depends on like how you look relative to the people who showed up that day yep. because then you go to another show where most people are a little bit softer and you come in hard and now you're the odd person now you look too hard for the category yep. yeah how you look and I tell my clients this all the time how you look in my studio by yourself is not how you're going to look on stage your look changes based on who's standing around you you could look ripped to shreds on stage, I mean, in my studio, you get on stage and everybody else is even more ripped to shreds and you look too soft. Or the reverse. Or the right, yeah. you've seen the reverse plenty where you're ripped to shreds, the other bikinis, the bikini show up and they're much softer, the judges like that, and are ripped to shreds, the ripped to shreds person doesn't place. Right. But you're not supposed to be ripped to shreds if you're, you're not right. But you know what I mean, like, but yeah, the, you know, softer could win the day. It's completely subjective. Gloria, question. So, the coaches. How many athletes have you managed at any particular show? And how do you manage if you have 23? No, that's a great question. But that's a great bigger picture question. We keep a very tight roster on purpose, business-wise, personal-wise, something we've decided. She'll only keep 30 spots open. I only keep 15 spots open. So that means, you know, we don't take on 200 competitors. But you're not having all 45. Not at all. So not all 45 will compete. So, you know, that's an important, I think, differentiation Mm -hmm. between us and some other organizations you might hear about that do, are are trying to affect massive amounts of people. We have a hard line on how many players. So So, I understand what you're asking. You're asking, like, on a given show. Right, yes. So then you divide that out. It depends on who is at each show. So it's a smaller, much smaller number. So I'll say when I, before we were doing full training and nutrition coaching, so back in the very early days of coaching, when, when I was just doing, as just opposing coach, I keep saying putting just in front of it, when I was only doing posing, um, I had 23 posing athletes in one show. I was one of them. Yes. That was. But. You, no. If that was. Those Trump City classes. Yeah. In 2013. Yeah. But as far as. But that's much you, bigger than being the training. Yes. But, but you bring in. That show, you had other people helping you yes. backstage. I bring in and help. Also, this is when you guys might see me. So if yeah. you look at the schedule for this year, it might be one of them or it might be both of them. But if for some reason, like whatever that threshold is for these guys, that's when they're calling in additional help to come. Right. So the way I manage it, so um, I would say the most I've had as a uh, that were prep clients in a show think was probably Bobby Cabino's show, the Chesapeake, I want to say it was the Chesapeake, and we may have had six or seven, I think there were six or seven, um, which is a lot, right, so, um, you know, everybody has their, you know, their very detailed plans, and I am there to, if anybody's ever seen me backstage, right, I am, they call me Mama T for a reason, I am, like, on top of you, Patty will tell you, I'm on top of you, making sure you do your thing, if I'm not there, so usually what happens, right, and Rama, you know, we sort of team up and do this thing. Cars been backstage helping. Maliki does the same thing. So my, I have an amazing tribe of women who help. And 
because I need to be in the audience to coach you once you're on stage. So, you know, Rayma, I can trust her and Cara, I can trust that I can leave the backstage area as soon as my clients are getting ready to go on stage. I run out to the audience, you know exactly where I'm going to be. I tell you where I'm sitting so you can find me in the audience. So you can look at me so I can help you through your pose. I'm helping you to pose when you fuck it up. Okay. <laughs> And then when I won, you know, you, you still want to go back and get judges feedback. And I'm 
much of Judge's feedback was never gave up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's that. So now shows over. You know, people place, and you're going. You're approaching the judge, and you're like, "What could I work on?" Yeah. So you email. You email. Okay. So it's not that big. You can't depends. Has anybody want to talk about their experience giving judges feedback? Anybody want to talk about giving judges feedback? Yeah. So my my preference is to be able to give it that day, Um, but I know it depends on the show, and they'll kind of arrange that in advance. They'll let you know if you can. You know, come back for feedback. But, but yes, I am a good judge. Cara is. <laughs> um, I cannot speak to everyone else. Um, and then the feedback that I give you is going to be based on the criteria. Also, I prefer that people come with their coaches. So whether it's your trainer or whatever, come with that person. That way, there's no like. Lost, know, lost in translation. Right, right. Because <laughs> sometimes people can get really defensive. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of emotions. There are. There's a lot of emotions. But I will, I will also tell you. So did everyone else on stage. Yeah, right. I'll also tell you on the flip side of that, as a coach, who ha- I always have my clients get feedback with a caveat, right? I want my clients to send that feedback to me so that I can filter it. So because, because I will tell you, and of course, Cara and Rayma would never, and I'm a judge too, we would never do this, of course, right? But <laughs> between, let's pretend that Cara, Rayma, and I are all on the judges panel, and Cara, to, uh, Rayma, to, Jesus Christ, Rayma told you <laughs> you were too lean, Cara came at you with, you were a little soft, and I came at you with, you know, some other random shit, like your, lips, your lipstick, yeah, you were just too big. Um, and then, you know, they're like, wait, I'm too soft, I'm too hard, what the fuck do I do with that? Like, but it happens, right? It, um, so I have you guys send me the feedback as your coach. I've seen you on stage. I actually know. And I can, sometimes I can decipher. Sometimes I can say, okay, they said you were too hard, but it was because of this class and the class was softer or what have you. And of course, look, I'll be the first one to say there were, you guys heard the one, I think we, we did the review of the one show we did in November. And I will tell you with 100% certainty, even though they won't admit it, they fucked up the scoring because there is no way the placings were what the judges meant them to be. Um, I've been doing this for a long time. I watch when they do bring the top five out. I see how the judges react because I've been on judging panels where you know, where you immediately know something got fucked up, right? When the first place is in fifth and the fifth is in first and everybody, you see the judges immediately going, <laughs> right? You what see, did you do? You see somebody get up and you're like, you know, so, you know, so you see that. Sometimes it does. It's up to the promoter. It's up to the head judge. Um, sometimes it does. There's no governing organization in this. Which, it's know, the wild, wild west. <laughs> Can I say one other yes, thing? Um, so this is really nothing to do with all the other stuff, but just in backstage, if you don't place, don't be a sore loser. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Sure. Thank you. I've oh, seen people yeah. chuck their trophies. Yes. I've seen really. people. <laughs> and it's hard. It's hard. No, well, no, well, but I didn't. It fell down the stairs. It, 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 I had some big old crack, and actually, when I won the poker bodybuilding, I was so mad. Um, not because of that, because I just, I didn't. It was, you weren't, yeah, I was, I was, I did not handle my placing in a mature, professional manner. Yeah. Um, within us, I didn't like take it on anybody else. If you're going to throw a bit, <laughs> do it don't do it on stage, and throw don't do it backstage. That's you're what you're for. And, yeah. At some other point, do not, the worst thing you will see on stage 
is a sore loser on stage. Mm -hmm. I can't fucking, you know, and I see it more from the men than I do the women. Mm -hmm. um, but I have certainly oh, seen it. No, no, I've never seen anybody like that, but, you know. I thought. Jambo is stuffing his bag and getting out of it. I was like, he's gonna hurt somebody. No, I had somebody come sass me talking about feedback. I'm like, I'm like, so are you? Do you actually want to hear my feedback, or do you want to go ahead and come second place again? Oh. <laughs> and then and the kid's sitting next to me, and he's like, he's like, calm. Because <laughs> most of y'all haven't seen me like lose my temper. I I, I try not to. I like, yelled at. It was like, I mean, he was like berating us, mm -hmm. and um. And it was funny that he was like, he was like, and you, you, and you know, that my posing routine was the best one. I'm like, and I'm sitting there, okay, y'all know, you can look at my YouTube Ray stuff. Was choreographer. Right. And, and I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I didn't say this because it's not effective feedback, but it was boring. His routine was so boring, and you're going to get an attitude or whatever. And he sent an apology message later, and I was like, you know, I, you know, I encourage you to go for it. You know, thank you for the apology. Go forth and do great things or whatever, you know. But it just, yeah. It's, it's an emotional day, right? <laughs> Exactly. Do not burn your relays. Right. Yes. I have been screamed at. I've been yelled at. I've been cursed at. I've been told I got no fucking idea what I'm doing. I've been emailed after the fact with nasty grams from family and you know you know whatever. But you know, look, it's an emotional day. You're gonna handle it however you're gonna handle it. You know. Yeah. Your carbs are probably low, you know, and, and here's the thing. Your friends, your family, your tribe, your people are going to build you up. So no matter what you actually look like on stage from a professional opinion of the sport, your family's going to be like, oh, you got this. You look the best. Because they know how hard you work and they love you and they see you in a different light, right? So, yes, you can't take your love your family but don't take their feedback as you know the professional feedback of the sport because your friends and family the 30 people that came to see you said you were gonna win but the judges thought you were fit right so yeah. and and as having had the experience of like not having an optimal response right to to placing um i would say give it like a you know a month yeah. And go back and, and you can look at the photos and really see. Yeah. Um, I will say, I think I published that third, not fourth. Not yeah. like, there's no there. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also at that point, I um, I got the advice of another person who judges and um, a longtime athlete. And we were looking at uh, from different shows and the difference in my physique from, from mm -hmm. one show to show where I did look better in a previous show. So, um, you know, yeah. And I look, I, I, I. I was going for my pro card in my third show, and that show was mine, and it was the best I ever looked, and it was the most I ever trained. I had a big fat head all about me because I, you know, I was the shit, and I was going to win, and, and yada, yada, blah, 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 blah. And I, you know, went on up to Massachusetts, you know, thinking this is my show, I, you know, nobody's going to beat me, and I had the worst placing I had had in, like, all three shows I had done. Um, and by worst, it was third. And, um, but I had gotten third to a girl who I had beat two placements above the week before and we didn't look any different right so it was you know I came off the stage I was professional on stage I came off the stage I went to some private space probably with my husband we competed together I cried and I quit and I was never going to do it again and you know because it's not fair and it's this that and the other thing but after after going back and, and looking at pictures and 
I still truly believe I did not deserve the placement that I got based on the criteria, based on the class, looking at it from a professional opinion. But then I realized that that was, you know, I realized in that moment, I was like, I, this isn't it's subjective sport. I'm doing this for me. This was still the best package I had brought to date. It was the best I had looked and I prepped well and, you know, whatever. That's what has to matter because on, you know, I will, you've, people have seen me backstage and I'm like, I don't know what happened. Like, I was like, sometimes I can explain it. Sometimes I'm like, shit got fucked up. I don't know. I was like, literally, I was like, shit happens. I got no other explanation for you because I want, it's, Randy and I had the hardest time at the show in November because I can usually rationalize. I can find something to rationalize a placement because I've been at the judges table. I know it's hard. I can usually rationalize, well, maybe, maybe it was just the glutes, you know, maybe this had, had this, you know, maybe this, and this was a show I wasn't able to rationalize anything. And so it was, you know, it was tough for us because as coaches, we want to be able to tell you what we can do to improve. And I could still do that. I could still say, well, we could improve this, that, and the other thing, but that's not what made you lose, right? Like it was like, so it's, it's really hard as coaches to have that conversation when you truly can't explain it. So you have to be thick-skinned. You have to be in this for yourselves, not to win. Winning is wonderful and fine and great, um, but it is, I call it any given Sunday. It's on a Saturday, but it's any given Sunday. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot of hard work and a little bit of luck that your best, you show up at your best and your best beats everybody else's best that day. Because you can't go on stage and say, but I wanted it more, because you don't know that, right? You can't go on stage and say, I worked harder, because you don't know that. Um, so all you can do is go on stage, bring the very best package to every, leave, leave nothing, right, to question. I did everything I could possibly do. I got on stage. I did the best that I could. And somebody else's best was better than my best that day, right? Or shit happens right like yeah. you know so you just kind of go and have fun i yes. was not in about in a different sport i was in like probably the biggest competition in my life that scared shit the same thing and i was like i've got to win this thing right there's a lot riding on it and this coach who had just i just picked this coach up at the show and she's kind of a little bit of a stoner and whatever and i'm like how is she gonna help me and as i'm walking into the ring she says to me now go have the best fucking time of your life Woo and i'm kind of like what? I'm gonna, and I, and you know, <laughs> I had the best goddamn time of my life, and came out, and I couldn't have cared if I won, lost, or whatever. I was like, that was the best. I mean, I did very well, but it didn't matter. Like, it didn't matter either way, because I'm like, it doesn't matter now. I'm in the ring. I'm on stage. I better just fucking have fun because this is happening. And it changed it all. And I'll tell me. you the same thing when you go out on stage. Don't fucking have the best time of your fucking life. Best goddamn time of your life. Yeah. Because the people in the audience and the judges want you to do well. Like, the judges, even though, yes, they're, they're judging your physique, but they're not, like, please, please do your posing well. Like, yes. like practice, practice, practice. And look like you enjoy being on stage. Yeah. Try to enjoy it. Don't look like it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because do you have tips for, you know, sometimes you will, you know what you're doing, but then you get up there and <laughs> you, you look at everyone, yes, the judges or 
Yes um, and yes. Know, like, how, do you, how do you get out of, you know, like, okay, I need to do this pose or I need to do that? Roby Clemmy, this is robotic, you mean, like the stage right robotic. Yeah. I think, like, as you're up there, because you, you know, you go out there and you smile, but then you have, you're out there for a long time, you know, when you're judging and 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 so you want to you look, look around, right? You want to you want to be on stage and look over here. My friends over here, and then look or you know, touch you bikini. You want to look over here and look over here, right? And then when you go to do, you want to look at the judges. Hey, you know, when you come back around, right? And then you and then you go back and you look at your, you know, you look out at your audience, you know. And so, but what you don't want to do, you're a judge. Tina is staring down. <laughs> Am I making you uncomfortable yet? Right, exactly. God bless. Yeah. Other thing too is sometimes I know when I'm going to practice and posing, I have to breathe. Yes, you have to breathe or you will pass out on the Right, so, and I know, but sometimes, you know, you're. That's a natural response. Your fear and anxiety. You will stop breathing. You can get tunnel vision. It's your body naturally reacting to that. But being aware like, of it, right. or I'll take well, a breath and it's like, yep. get that off my face. Like, or is it just practice? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, practice. It's, it's being present, being mindful. This conversation, right? Yeah. Being aware of it. And I will Mental tell you, practice. like looking around, like so, like if you're not gonna, the lights are bright. Yeah, you're, you're gonna have a hard time actually seeing anyone. But even if you pretend like you're looking over here, like it will help to relax you, right? So because you're yeah. you're just moving your body a little bit. So you know, even if you can't see a goddamn thing because the stage lights are in your face, just like oh yeah, there's like some blob over here, and there's like a blob in the middle, right? And so yeah, it will help to relax you by yeah. doing that. She had a company called Center Stage Figures. Um, and after competing for a few years, her and I actually became very good friends. Um, and she was moving from the East Coast to the West Coast. And she asked me to take over uh, as a posing coach to kind of keep her, her the company name, the Center Stage Figures name, alive. Um, so that way I was thrilled and nervous and scared shitless to, you know, be a posing coach, but she trusted me enough to, you know, to do that. Um, so that was in 2000, uh, 2008, 2007, actually. And 
Um, I think the very first year I had like maybe five clients, but again, you know, I was working full time and, you know, kind of doing posing clients. Um, and then we just, you know, it grew word of mouth and then I have a website, you know, there was like not really, so it was just kind of like word of mouth thing from, from posing client, but I was still center stage figures. Um, and she just let me have it. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't like an umbrella. I paid her money or anything, you know, we were friends and she just really wanted the, the, the name to, to stay uh, alive. And at some point, um, because my husband also does posing coaching, so we, we worked with men as well. Um, so I wanted to add in um, physiques. So center stage figures and physiques. Um, you know, and I talked to Mary about it because now I'm, I really am kind of like, I, I got my own LLC and I branched off and you know, did the center stage figures and physiques piece of it. Um, at that point, where was I? <laughs> I, I was I CSFP when we started working together or was I still center stage figures? No, it was still Mary's. Right, still Mary's company. So, so in the mix there, you know, Brandy uh, and I sort of reconnected after, you know, after several years apart and, um, and really she was the driving force in the business aspect of things for me because I was too busy doing other stuff. Like I just couldn't do any of the business stuff. Um, so that's when we added the, the physiques to it. Um, officially LLC got our own website and really started to kind of branch off and, and completely do our own thing. Um, and then it was two years ago that on one of our, you know, every year in January, we go to, uh, Florida to do our business planning. Um, and we had, we had added in training and nutrition, um, several years ago. So into it because, um, I hired a couple of coaches to do training and nutrition for me when I wasn't able to do it myself because I was still working full time. I only had, you know, very limited time. So we had some contractors, um, that did that for us. And then, once I left the government, started doing, you know, I was able to do it all myself. Um, and then Brandy started doing coaching, the more lifestyle, because we realized, like, this isn't just, we don't just have competitors, we have lifestyle people. So we added that aspect into things as we were growing, you know, the business so that we could do lifestyle. And then we, re you know, then we kind of came up with the, 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 the program, right, that it's kind of like the jump start, right? Like, I have, like, we have somebody that's so brand spanking new that wants to compete, but they're like right off the street. Like I've barely touched the weight, right? So that you've got to build the foundation. So they, so Brandy helps everybody build that foundation. And then when they're ready, if they're ever ready, right? Then they come over, they're ready for competition prep, they come over to me for the prep. Two years ago, and we, we realized that like, there's so much more to what we do than this competition coaching thing or training and nutrition, right? So the, all the stuff that we kind of did through this weekend that we came up, that's when we came up with the life athlete concept. Like we, you know, cause it's all the mental coaching, all the things that we do outside of just like, well, here's a training plan and let's get on stage. And, you know, we do so, we feel like we do so much more than that. Um, that's when we, 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 so that we can incorporate all the mind body stuff along with. So now we kept team CSFP, team center stage figures and physiques, because that's what we're known for in the competition world. That's still our competition team. So we're center stage athletics and team CSFP. Um, so yeah, so that's where we've been from 2004. And we started doing these retreats three years ago. And, you know, so we're, we're the podcast this past year. And so every year we're trying to, you know, but still keep ourselves very limited in the amount of, clients we physically coach as much as I want you know we both want to be able to spread the coaching what we do coaching wise to more women which is why we're doing the podcast 
I always want to be hands-on with my clients. I could very easily start slinging, you know, programs at, you know, $100 a pop and have 200 clients. It's not, neither one of us are interested in doing that. We're very hands-on with what we do. So that's why we're very limited in the clients that we take. So if you think about it, like by doing these retreats and giving us the tools, we can then spread that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, please do. So that's, that's our history. And I think, so I think we'll end on that because we do want to do some wrap up and, um, and, uh, Thank you guys. I think this was fun. I Okay. What is it? Ready? One, two, three. Don't give me.